You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about is it a bad time to make a move? Now, before we get into the episode, I want you to make sure you've headed on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook, as well as All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners on Facebook, and you have joined both of those groups. If you are a gym owner or a gym owner and coach, or even if you're just a coach, make sure you're in that coach's page. There's a lot of really great discussion going on there. On top of that, head on over to nextgenowners.com where you can learn more about joining the Academy. And if you're listening to this in December of 2023, you've got to get signed up for our conference in San Diego, January 5th through the 7th. It's going to be a fantastic one and you are not going to want to miss it. We break the mold when we talk about conferences for business. We are the only cheer industry conference that covers coaches tracks, managers tracks, uh, owner's tracks and advanced owner's tracks specifically for our academy members. The amount of knowledge and learning that goes on at these conferences is just over the top and you're not going to want to miss it. All right. Now, getting into the episode, I hear a lot of business owners talking about how busy they are and how they have so many things going on, how they have so many balls in the air and they will be able to take on some sort of a new project or launch something different uh, when they are not busy, uh, or how now is just not the right time to make a move or do something um, that potentially could be really game changing for their business. And now, while there are some times that I do agree, for instance, when you have no money, right? You would not want to make a move that's going to cost you a ton of money and open a brand new location that you're going to have to build a bunch of equipment in if you're not breaking even as is, right? That's that's a uh, tactical decision uh, when you look at, you know, is there money in the bank account? Can I effectively do this? However, I really hate the idea of waiting for a perfect time. So as you're assessing, is it a bad time to make a move? The perfect time is often now. Now, why do I say that? Because it is front of mind. So I'm going to go into a couple reasons why I think this is so important, but oftentimes the perfect time is now. And that's because you're thinking of it, because it is something that would make a difference in your business, because it is front of mind, it is the right time to do it. Now, I'll give you an example. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. So I also own a company called Dream Camps. And Dream Camps does individual camps for cheerleaders. So athletes can come from any program and they can train their tumbling and they can stunt and they can actually even learn to partner stunt. We're one of the only camps that does that. And then we also offer team camps like residential, like sleep away. Your whole team comes, they stay together, they train all day, they go back together. There's team building and all these cool things. And I, I started the company for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but mostly being, I just loved camps and I loved providing that kind of an experience. And we started out very small. It started out just 
I was actually um, doing camps on the coast. We would rent a beach house and I would take one team out there from a high school and their coaches would be there and I'd, you know, we'd train in the day and I'd have all these different activities for them and challenges. Um, And then we did that with our own program. And then we expanded to bringing our whole program at the same time because we started having too many people. There were too many balls in the air. I just didn't have enough time to do a bunch of individual private camps. And then we progressed to offering a mass camp for high schools. And then after we offered a mass camp for high schools, then we started offering an individual camp. And then after we started offering that, we just started expanding and expanding and expanding and adding more and more camp dates and more and more opportunities and more and more individual camps. And what's funny is there were two main errors where uh, I think I could have made a move a lot earlier. Number one was I only ever offered one week of individual camp for like the first four years, maybe five. I just offered that one week because I was really focused on getting my teams in. And I never looked at how I could potentially do both at the same time. And so I tried to keep them separate. And then it was the year before last that I was like, I'm going to run this concurrent with another camp. And then I was like, oh man, that works. And so I ran two uh, individual camps in Oregon. And on top of that, I've had a lot of uh, years where I've wanted to expand. Uh, probably four years, five years that I've really wanted to take what we do and provide it in another state because geographically speaking, that was one of our main limitations of getting people to come to us. And I was resistant and resistant and resistant and resistant. And I was actually talking to Callie Seitzer and Sean Guzman, who are going to be uh, at the conference in San Diego presenting. And we were in Vegas January of last year. And they said, hey, Dan, why don't you do a camp in Florida? And I was like, well, you know, I just need a location. And I had a whole bunch of excuses. And they were like, look, I mean, we go to Camp Geneva with Top Gun. You should check it out. Like they rent to other people uh, and we're not there in the summer. So like, see what happens. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I just kind of decided, you know what? Now is the time to make a move. I was leaving the police department. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this risk. And I made the phone call. And the next thing I knew, we were hosting a camp in Florida and we probably could have expanded at least three years sooner. But I was hesitant. I was waiting for the perfect time. I was waiting for me to have more time when I could have potentially just hired someone to help with things. So the perfect time would have been when I first thought of it, because I actually think that that act put us two to three years, uh, our, our growth significantly behind. Obviously, I started at two to three years late. So you're two to three years behind. And I actually think we're further behind than two to three years. I think if we were at where we are at now, like if it was today and we had started this three years ago, I think our numbers would not just be in sequence of, you know, a little bit more. I think they would be uh, by order of magnitude because we would have been, we'd probably be in now not three states this year. We'd probably be in six or seven and our numbers would just be that much bigger. So the perfect time is often now. And you're not going to find that opportunity to, or you'll always find reasons to wait. Uh, If you can make it successful when times are really, really hard, then you're actually going to be more likely to make it successful when times are less difficult. So uh, I'll phrase that another way. Gyms and businesses that survived through COVID and not only survived, but thrived 
and actually had to shut down. Like businesses that were impacted by COVID, but were able to pivot and figure out how to exist. Those are businesses that I'm far more likely to bet on the owners and say, I think that they are going to get it done. I think that they're, even though maybe that business doesn't long-term succeed, I believe that that person has the innate abilities to thrive when things are difficult and challenging and pivot. And so I, I believe that if you can truly be successful when times are really hard, you're going to be able to make it work when times are easy. So starting things when it's not the ideal time is actually in some ways better because you are tested, you're, you're hardened by your circumstances. So even though the economy isn't the greatest at the time that you start, or even though you may not have all the right staff, you're going to have to be more systemized or you're going to have to find you know, what your unique selling perspective is to get people to spend their money with you. Like Those are things that are going to make you a more battle-tested, battle-hardened business. Whereas if you just start in the most lackadaisical, easy, money's just growing on trees time, you're less likely to be tested and hardened and be able to weather the storms that will come eventually. So on the flip side, businesses that started like mid-COVID, especially amongst all the money that was flowing into certain industries... I don't have the buy-in that they're going to be successful because they were just taking advantage of the opportunity that money was being printed and there was a a plethora of money. It's the businesses that were impacted and previously existed and learn how to pivot and make changes so they could continue to grow and continue to be successful. Those are the businesses that I think are, are tried and tested. So oftentimes waiting until, you know, everything's perfect and everything's easy and is also a bad decision because you're going to be more lackadaisical about it because everything's great. You don't need to make this work. Like sometimes there is value in creating your own urgency to get things done, right? I need to, if I start this program, I need it to be successful because I don't want to lose my shorts on it. So for instance, when we launched our Florida camp, um, I needed to sell it. Like I really needed to sell because I guaranteed a certain number of attendees would come to camp. And if I didn't get those number of attendees, then I was eating it. And so I was on the ball with trying to sell. I actually immediately hired someone to help rep out in Florida. I started reaching out. I started being, um, you know, pulling out all the stops and not being as hesitant of like, oh, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed to post this thing on Facebook. Heck no, I'm going to post this thing. I want everyone to know because if I, the more people I get talking about my camp, the more likely it is that people are going to come and then the less likely it is that I'm going to have to pay for a number I guaranteed that doesn't actually show up. So sometimes putting yourself under that pressure is helpful. The last and most important thing, you guys, is the the timing is never going to be perfect. You can always find a reason not to do something. You can. The brain is actually primed to find negatives and find problems and risks much easier than it finds positives. Your brain is designed to do that. Why? Because 
we're innately an animal who is trying to survive. So you can look at something and go, that's dangerous, that's risky, that's a problem, that's that. It's actually much harder to find the positives in them. It's much more difficult to see the potential in things than it is to see the negative outcomes that could occur. Those are going to come to mind much easier. So there's always going to be a reason not to do something. There's always going to be a reason not to take a risk. There's always going to be that thing that holds you back, right? And my own example of this would be, I probably should have left my career in full-time law enforcement at least three to five years earlier from a business perspective. Now, I was very happy and I don't regret anything I did. I don't regret that I'm still involved with the department. I got to train future officers. I got to do everything I ever wanted to do in a career in law enforcement, and I got to finish doing it. Like being in charge of a firearms program, teaching our entire agency, like that was something that I have an immense amount of pride in. And I left a mark that I'm proud of. So I don't have any regrets, but I came up with all the reasons not to leave. I could have, look, there was no shortage of projects. Like you could have easily, I could have easily talked myself into staying for another year, another two years, another three years, right? The health insurance or this project or that case or this officer needs me or my friend started here and I'm going to continue with them. And that's just my personal like leaving my job scenario, right? There are a million other reasons that I can find to not do something within a business. Uh, You know, the money's a little bit tight or, well, I just don't have the right staff people for it or I don't have the time to commit to it or, I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on. The timing is never going to be right. Now, I do want to leave saying this. I am not saying to go into things with reckless abandon. You do need to have a good sounding board. This is why I think it is so good for anyone who owns a business and in any industry. You need to have a business mentor. You need to have someone who is your sounding board because otherwise you're just going it alone and you're hoping that your guesses are correct and you don't have anyone who has been there and done that who can give you advice. So you've heard me talk about, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people who've been the places you want to be and then getting next to those people and trying to glean whatever information you can. So I highly recommend you have a mentor so you are not just going at these things with reckless abandon. But that said, I do want you to hear me. The perfect time is often now. That doesn't mean you just do it without any consequence. There are things to set up. There are things to make sure you do it right. But if it is time or energy or those kind of things that are within your control that is holding you back, it's not like a hard and fast thing like I need $100,000 to do this thing. And even then, money things oftentimes hold you back because it is your own self-limiting beliefs that you cannot get the money that you need. Those self-limiting beliefs are holding you back. If you look at money as infinite, as out there to be made, then you will be innately ahead of most people. Because the vast majority of us were raised by our parents who said money doesn't grow on trees, but that's actually completely incorrect. Money does grow on trees. Money is out there to be made. You just have to make it. Okay, That doesn't mean that it's just going to come to you in ease, and I think that's what our parents were trying to say, but most people's parents were working a normal job where 
they were exchanging their hours for pay. And if you're an entrepreneur, then that's not necessarily the case. It's not a direct one-for-one transaction. So you can create something that generates wealth, that generates money for you, effectively money growing on trees. All right, so try to avoid that hesitation. Don't let the hesitation take over for you. It, it's just taking away your superpower, which is your ability to create and your ability to do things that are of value. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins and the Cheer Mom podcast. They're both fantastic podcasts for the cheer industry. Make sure you are listening to them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you're getting a much needed break if you're listening to this in December timeframe. I myself am packing up and I'm getting ready to head out of the country for a much needed vacation. So the episodes that you're going to hear from me are mostly pre-recorded. Um, and I'm going to be sitting on a beach, probably writing some future episodes. Let's be honest, I'm going to work because I can't, my mind doesn't turn off like that, but I'm going to be relaxing and enjoying some much needed time with my amazing wife in a beautiful place with the sun. So I hope you all are well, hope you enjoyed the episode. And with that, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.